Every new year we begin with a week of prayer, uh, where we dedicate ourselves to the Lord and to um, so what we're trying to do is seek His best for ourselves and for our church, for our community and for our world. We're trying to say, God, we know we need you in the midst of what we're doing. We need your direction. We need your, your energy. We need you to deploy us in the areas you want us to go. And, and we know something else. We know that we're doing that because God is the absolute only answer there is um, for the challenging times we live in. You know, we live in a time where things are changing and the only real answer is the wisdom and the intervention and the direction of the Lord. So what do we do? Um, we pray. We say, Lord, we want to, we're going to pray. And, and this year we're using as a prayer guide, a verse to guide us, a verse that maybe you're familiar with, Second Chronicles 7.14. And this is what it says. If you're probably familiar with this verse, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. And what an incredible promise from the Lord that if we will pray, then God will respond in amazing ways. So we're going to begin the new year with prayer and we're going to ask for big things. We're going to ask for God's provision and all that he wants us to do for our church and our lives. We're going to ask for God's wisdom. We're going to ask for God's healing. We're going to ask for, for, for God to show us how he wants us to move forward as a church. We're going to pray for big faith, big, big things. In fact, um, what we want to do for the upcoming week is to make plans for as many as us as possible to pray at two set times every single day um, in the upcoming week, starting Monday. That at, at 7.14 in the morning and at 7.14 in the afternoon, we would all try to set some time aside to pray. You say, well, I'm not sure my schedule will allow that. Well, see if you can make it work. Maybe you have to take a, a excuse yourself for five minutes from something you're doing and try to get away at 7.14 in the morning and 7.14 in the evening. And we're going to take those times if possible and we're going to be all praying for the same things each day at those times. And you have a prayer guide in your bulletin, and they're also um, available on the website, and they're also at the Connection Center. A prayer guide is going to give you things that we could pray for together each day, um, each one of those days, at that time or any time during the day, but specifically at those times. So at Monday, at 7.14 a.m. and p.m., we can each pray for, according to the prayer guide, pray for our families. And there's some ways it says underneath there to pray for your family. And then Tuesday, we can pray for our community and some ways we can pray for that at 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m. for our community. Now, maybe it's going to take some adjustment in your life to do. Maybe at 7.14 in the evening, you're going to have to turn off the TV. Or you're going to have to turn off the cell phone. And you're going to have to get, maybe you could gather your family together. And you can say, let's take a few minutes and pray about these things. Or maybe in the morning, if you're not out the door already, I know a lot of you are already gone out the door at 7.14 in the morning, but maybe you could, if you're not gone, um, you could pray together at 7.14 in the morning for these various things before you start the day. Or maybe if you're already at work, you could excuse yourself from what you're doing and go find a quiet place in the restroom and uh, and go pray, whatever you need to do, that we're going to pray. And I just think there's power in us praying together about the same thing at the same time and knowing that your brothers and sisters in Christ are going to be at various places, in their homes, at their workplaces, um, you know, at their schools, and they're going to be praying for the same things and asking God that that he's going to do things that we can't do on our own. And our hope is that many of us each day will be praying 
um, and that we're going to then see the results of that because God says, if my people will pray, then I will do amazing things. And so we're going to ask God to do amazing things, and that will be great, right? If nothing else happens, it would be great that all of us were praying together at the same time about the same things every day for one week. But if that's all we accomplish this week, that would be great. But, but there's something else that I want us to accomplish this week in, in understanding this idea of prayer from, from um, Second Chronicles and another verse we're going to look at in a section, in a, in a minute, that I want, I want us to also, in this week of prayer, hopefully learn something else about prayer that will make our prayer time with the Lord and our lives of prayer even greater or better than they, than they are right now. Second Chronicles tells us about prayer. It tells us more about prayer than just asking God for something. It gives us a prayer pattern that we can use in, in going to the Lord in prayer that, that we see duplicated elsewhere in Scripture. What I want us to do is I want to see this pattern today because I think the pattern will help us to um, understand prayer better and get a better experience of prayer um, this week and take, a, take our, prayer le- our prayer lives, hopefully, to a deeper level with the Lord. And what I've done is on the back of your bulletin insert, I put a, I outlined something for you. So what I've done for you, when I, when I was studying 2 Chronicles 7.14 this week, I looked at it and I saw something that I hadn't seen before. That there's a pattern in 2 Chronicles 7.14 that's repeated elsewhere in Scripture, and it's a prayer pattern that helps our, it helps us understand how asking is part of prayer but it's only a small part of asking, uh, only a small part of prayer, and that God can give us something so much greater in prayer than just thinking what it comes down to is just asking God for stuff. And so what I did is I outlined this pattern for you on, on this on your insert, and I want to show you this because you're going to see a pattern that God establishes for prayer, and I think it's God trying to say to us, listen, this is how I want your prayer to be effective if you follow this pattern in your life. And so let's walk through this briefly. I'm going to just briefly go through it with the two sections of Scripture, and then we're going to kind of go through section by section um, and explain it. So 2 Chronicles 7.14, look at this pattern on your your chart. It says, you know, if my people, which is my people talking about a relationship with the Father, will humble themselves, which is about submission under God's care, and pray, which is asking God for intervention, and seek my face, which is about abiding, it's about relationship, it's about saying, seeking to be with the Lord, um, and turn from their wicked ways, which is about repentance, that, that there's a, we, we see this, this pattern here. Um, now notice something. This pattern is the exact same pattern that Jesus gives in the Lord's Prayer. And we're familiar with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, think of that. I'm going to just summarize little sections of that. As you look in the next, the bottom part of this, of this um, outline, our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. That talks about a relationship with the Father. Thy kingdom come, your will be done. That's submission under God's care. Give us this day our daily bread. That's asking for God's intervention. 
Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. That's about repentance. Lead us not to temptation. Lead us, guide us. That's about relation. It's about abiding, an abiding relationship. Let me explain a principle about understanding the Bible if we're not familiar with it. When you see something repeated in the scriptures, repetition is for emphasis. When you see something repeated, you need to pay attention and realize that God is trying to make a point. And this prayer pattern we see repeated here. And so what I want to do is I want to walk through this. And the first thing I want us to point out, because I think this is where we misunderstand prayer, is that asking for something is sandwiched in the middle of a bunch of other things. The sandwich is in the, 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 the asking, you know, is the bologna in the middle of the sandwich. It's really important, but it's not all there is. So often we, we see asking as something that just stands alone. And when we, when we pray, we just always think prayers is going to God, kneeling down and asking him to give me a bunch of stuff or to heal me or to heal someone else. Well, it's more, it's more than that. There can be a, a big problem if we think that all that prayers is asking for something. Because sometimes, and I would say this as I've learned to walk with the Lord, maybe a lot of times what we ask for in prayer, what we want, what we think we need to be done might not be what's best in prayer. I think about my own life. How many times have I asked God to get me out of a difficult situation believing it was his, his will? To get me out of a difficult situation um, but his plan was to cause me to grow through the difficult situation. His plan was for me to walk through the difficult situation because he wanted to make a better version of me or make a better version of you. Or think about the times when I wanted to escape a difficult situation because it was tough and it was hard, but just maybe what God's plan was is for me to walk through the difficult situation so that other people could see how I walked through the difficult situation. So that, number one, they could learn, if they were a believer, they could learn what it was like to walk through it. Or number two, if they weren't a believer, they could see what it's like for somebody who says they have Jesus in their life to walk through difficulty. And say, they didn't walk through that like anybody else. They walked through that with somebody like somebody who has hope. I think of a phrase that Suzanne says a lot recently, that um, uh, hurting with hope still hurts. And they say, you walk through that. And they go, you walk through that with hope. You still hurt, but how many times have I prayed that God would rescue me or rescue you from a situation when maybe God wanted us to walk right through the middle of the situation because he was going to use our lives to speak to somebody else in order to reveal his reality to someone else because he loved them that much. And I have said in my life, and you've said in your life, "Um, Lord, your will be done. Had he done what I'd asked him for and what you've asked him for, the positive results may never have occurred. So asking is important, and we are told to ask, but we need to understand it's only part of prayer. So let's look at how both 2 Corinthians 7.14 and the Lord's Prayer um, show there's other things involved. Look at how they both begin. They both begin with what I think is the real starting place of prayer. If my people who are called by my name or our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name. Both begin with relationship. God is relationship. Think of God. He eternally exists in relationship. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
The incarnation of Christ extends that relationship to include all of humanity. So the starting place of prayer is this idea of being incorporated into the relationship. It's reminding us when we come to prayer that you know who you are in prayer? You're an insider. You're not an outsider. What do I mean? There's no need to begin praying by thinking you need to beg God for anything or plead with God for anything or convince God of anything or twist God's arm to get anything. Prayer, as an insider, is about talking to family. Prayer is about family. I'm incorporated in the family of God. That's why when Jesus began to talk, or right before he taught the Lord's Prayer, he prefaced it by saying, um, the Gentiles just use meaningless words and repetition when they're praying. They think they're just, they're just generating noise and trying to say, I'm trying to get God's attention. And he says, that's not how we pray, because that's not how family talks to each other. No, you know how we come in prayer? We come relaxed, secure, and included, because we are talking to our lovingly, loving Heavenly Father. So prayer begins by reminding us of the love relationship that we're in with God. But then it moves to having a proper understanding of our relationship within the family. So it starts with saying we have a, we, we, we're a part of the family, but then it helps us understand. That's what the process is going to show us here. It moves to understanding that within the family, we have this proper relationship within the family. And so both of the, the prayer um, sections that we're looking at in the pattern of it say this. The next part is humble yourself or thy kingdom come, thy will be done. See, within the relationship of family, we as part of the family understand that we submit to God's care and God's sovereignty, that God is here and, and we are here. And that's a good thing because he's all powerful and all knowing and all loving and he cares for us and there's a right relationship here. This is about putting things in the right perspective before we ever ask for anything. It's about acknowledging to yourself that God is superior and his ways are above your ways. And although you are going to ask for something, ultimately you know that he knows what's best for you and for anybody you're praying for. So it is resting in that reality. It's more than just being okay. If you ask in prayer but don't see the results that you hope for. Rather, it's more than being okay because it's knowing that God's way is really always the best way and relaxing under his sovereignty. That's what humility is really all about. It's knowing that God is in charge and I am not and willingly living under his rule and his reign and resting in that. That's really what humility is all about. It's saying it's not all about me. It's all about him and I can, I can rest under the care of God. So before we ever ask, we know that God is always listening and that we want his way and his answers because his way and his answers are always the best. And humility knows that. Then what do we do? Then we ask. It says, pray. And it says, give us this day our daily bread. We ask. And we ask, and we ask again. Once Jesus told a parable about this. He told about a persistent widow who kept going to a judge to get justice until, until she was satisfied. And Jesus said, it was interesting because you look at that and you go, wow, that's kind of an odd parable. 
You know, because we could mistake it and think that she's trying to, we're trying to say that, 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 that if this woman is like me coming to prayer and the judge is like God, well then God has his arm twisted. That's not what Jesus is teaching. He's saying this. He teaches it to teach about what? Persistence in prayer. About asking and asking and keep on asking. Jesus was telling this story to teach us that when we ask in prayer, we should keep on asking. So we ask. So it's this week at 7.14 a.m. on Monday, we'll ask. And at 7.14 p.m. on Monday, we'll ask. At 7.14 a.m. on Tuesday, we'll ask. And at 7.14 p.m. on Tuesday, we'll ask. We'll ask and we'll keep on asking because God tells us to. And that's why we do. And see, in Second Chronicles, um, what God is doing is he's looking down the road. And in the context of Second Chronicles 7, what's happening is God is looking down the road for the people of Israel. And he's saying, hard times are going to come in your land. Someday hard times are going to come. And he said, when the hard times come, if you will do this, then I'll answer. He said, when the hard times come, um, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and, and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. He said, when hard times come in your land, I'm telling you this is the way I want you to respond so I can respond to you. He says, ask. And I think about this in asking relating to Second Chronicles. Do we think that, that maybe in our land today, we've got some things that aren't going so well. I think we do. And do we maybe like that need to listen and say, yeah, Lord, Lord, we need to ask and we need to keep on asking. And the Lord's Prayer, he says to ask every day. He says, give us this day our daily bread. One day I was praying to the Lord, honestly, I was thinking about missions. I think I was in missions at the time. I said, Lord, you could make this so much easier. We're raising, raising money. And I said, just tell me the number for pick three. I was serious. I'm like, I'll give 100% of it to missions. Just tell me the number for pick three. I've never, is that, that's one of them, right? I've never, never bought one. Is that one of them? Pick three, that's one of them, right? And it was like, you know, hundreds of millions or whatever. I said, just give me the numbers for it. Tell me what it is. I'll get the money. I'll give 100% of it to, to missions. And it'll be more money than given in the whole United States in a year. It makes sense. And I felt the Lord honestly say, I, I wouldn't do that to you. I'm like, Why? Because I want you to come to me every day. I want you to trust me every single day. The Lord's Prayer says every day, come to him, ask for food. He said, my daily needs, my daily bread, food, shelter, health, wisdom, strength to preach a sermon when you're not feeling sick, when you're feeling sick. Every day, we come to him and we ask. Think about it, friends. Anybody need God in that area in your life today? Every day? Then ask and keep on asking. So I believe God absolutely wants his kids to come to him every single day and ask. Because he provide, He loves to provide for us. So we ask, and we ask, and we ask. But we need to understand we don't stop there. You see, God's ultimate goal isn't to answer your prayers so that you just have your needs met. His ultimate goal is to cause you to mature and develop in Christ's likeness. And that's what the rest of the prayer pattern really is about. Now, in the next two, in the verses switch the order of them, but that doesn't really matter. But the next two are really about maturing and growing. Turn from your wicked ways, or forgive us our debts or our sins as we forgive our debtors or those who have trespassed against us. Turning. It's really about repentance. 
It's about recognize, it's about repentance. Do you know what repentance really literally means? What it literally means? It literally means this. It means wake up. It is. It's not, honestly, it means wake up. It's about realizing that your old ways are wrong and waking up to a new reality and then changing the direction of your thinking and your life according to what you've just come in, the, the new revelation, the new understanding you've come in context with. It's about turning from the old to a new way of understanding and a new way of living. And that's what this prayer is all about. It's about us spending time in relationship with God, resting under his rule, so that we can see life in a whole new way, because that's where maturity and transformation come from. We begin to say, I don't want to live this way anymore. I've seen it more clearly now. I want to live that way. That's why God calls us to prayer. That's why God calls us to prayer. He could just poof everything. Remember a couple weeks ago we talked about I Dream of Genie Christianity? Remember? Blink. Remember we talked about that? He could just do that. He could just poof everything into existence, but that wouldn't change you. It wouldn't change me. At least it wouldn't change me for the better. It would probably just make me more selfish. It wouldn't change us. No, he wants us to be with him so he can change us. So look what he does here. He ties together the need to the relationship. He ties us to him so we can, so, so we can go to him and he can then help us see life from his perspective. And then as we see life from his perspective and his ways, then he changes our minds and he changes our directions. That's what repentance is all about. And that's why the last part is about abiding. He says repent and he says abide. It comes full circle. It starts with relationship and it ends with relationship. So understand this week as we pray at 714, yes, God wants you to ask. But the reason he wants you to stop and to ask is because he wants you to deepen your relationship with him so that he can help you grow. He can help you grow deeper in him and know him more and see things from his perspective. That's his real goal as we spend time together in prayer, uh, as we spend time with him in prayer this coming weekend for the rest of our lives. So there are probably lots of things as we're thinking about prayer that come to your mind. Lots of things that, that you, need, that you at, need God's intervention for. And I challenge you today as we, as we end for you to take some time to ask. We've been abiding. We've been resting in his care. And now come and ask. Father, thank you so much for your grace Thank you for loving us. And Lord, thank you that you've given us a pattern in prayer that ties us to a relationship with you. And we pray now, Jesus, that you would help us um, as we walk through this coming week of prayer to, um, to, Lord, see this connection between asking and relationship. And that, Lord, you'd give us the gift, the gift, Lord, of, of being able to connect with you in more real and personal ways this week so that we could grow and be transformed in your goodness. We love you, Jesus.